0: What's up, y'all? It's Zach, and listen, y'all, Living Corporate is partnering with the Coalition of Black Excellence, a nonprofit organization based in California, in bringing a special speaker series to promote CBE Week, an annual week-long event designed to highlight excellence in the black community, connect black professionals across sectors, and provide opportunities for professional development and community engagement that will positively transform the black community. This is a special series where we spotlight movers and shakers who will be speakers during CBE Week, Today we are blessed to have partner at Tucker Ellis LLP, Monica Williams Monroe. In her capacity as local, national, and trial counsel, Monica represents a variety of corporate and insurance interests, including those of property owners, service contractors, product suppliers, and equipment manufacturers. She defends clients in several litigation areas involving premises liability, including both premises owners and subcontractors and claims arising from construction improvements. Monica also handles client matters involving general counsel, sorry, general contract analysis, business disputes, real estate litigation and bankruptcy proceedings monica welcome to the show how are you doing
1: i'm great thanks so much for having me zach i'm excited to be here and it's a super sunny day here in california so no complaints on my end
0: there we go and no excited to have you here and uh, shout out to california definitely a beautiful place just got back uh, from san francisco a couple weeks ago i had a great time for those of us who don't know you and and i recognize that i gave a little bit of an intro would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, And thanks for reading that background. But basically, I'm a trial lawyer. Um, I try cases here in Northern California and actually throughout the state. And I'm entering my 16th year of practice, which is kind of hard. (laughs) Thank you. It's kind of hard for me to believe that. Um, I'm currently the partner in charge of the Francisco office of Tucker Ellis. And the focus for my work is really on Litigation, which is just business disputes and product liability. Um, like I said, 16 years—it's really hard to believe because I still love what I do, and it feels like a new challenge kind of every day. So it's a little bit about me.
0: Wow. So now, um, you know, would you mind talking to us? And you talk about 16 years, and you said it a couple times. And again, congratulations. Please talk to us about your professional journey and how you became a partner at Tucker Ellis.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking about that and just kind of even going all the way back. You know, my path is a little bit different um, than some others. I started out, I went to undergrad at Clark in Atlanta. And when I was in college, I thought that I was gonna be in communications. I was really into marketing and PR. Um, That's where my focus was. My degree was in communications. And when I got out of uh, undergrad, that's straight what I went into was a media sort of focused career. Um, And while I was there um, doing that work, it was really fun and exciting, but I still kind of wanted to do something different. Um, So I had a few friends who were actually looking at law school. I had never thought about it. I'm the first lawyer in my family, Um, and it just seemed like an interesting path for me. I've always, again, loved communication, loved words, and been kind of a wordsmith. And so I thought, you know, I should try. Some people encouraged me to go ahead and try and apply to law school. And when I did, I ended up not just getting accepted, but I ended up getting full academic scholarship offers. Um, So when that happened, I was like, you know what? That's probably something I should think about pursuing. Right. Um, And so I ended up, you know, going to Loyola Law School in L.A. I loved, loved, loved it. Had a fantastic experience there and practiced for a little bit after that in a few different areas. I did some transactional work and just dabbled in a few different things before I ended up at Tucker Ellis. Um, And people really encouraged me as I sort of moved along. And when I found litigation, when I found myself in the courtroom, that's when I really found my love. And um, I was like, oh, you can do this. You can basically get up and argue with people and people pay you to do this. (laughs) Um, I'm it. So uh, when I really found my love and then found the right firm, I just matriculated through um, so quickly. I joined Tuckerellos as an associate and then I moved up later into the council position. And then in 2016, I was elected into the partnership. Um, But for me, it was really a natural progression. It was sort of just the thing I loved to do. And then I got lucky enough to be surrounded by people who really um, encouraged me and fostered me along the way.
0: That's a beautiful story. And that's, that's awesome. And, you know, it's interesting also because I can count like the number of black uh, lawyers that I know on one hand, and none of them are really working at a, at, a, at a firm like they have their own kind of private practice that they've set up. What is your experience in navigating that space?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's really been uh, purposeful. Um, it is a beautiful story and I love my story, um, but it definitely didn't come, you know, it didn't sort of happen by accident. Um, I really just surrounded myself with a network of folks, either, you know, both inside and outside of my organization, no matter where I've been. And that's been true for me now, is that I have a network of people that I can go to um, when I'm figuring out my next steps. I'm definitely using them as much as I can as a sounding board. People who have done what I've done, and then some uh, people who are at positions that I can only dream about, right, Um, that I think are really successful, those are the people that I kind of reach out to and say, do you think this looks right? Like I'm headed in this direction, this is the next thing I wanna do. And they give me honest and real feedback. And I think that that's the most important thing for me is that I don't surround myself with people who just, you know, say I'm fantastic and tell me how great I am. Um, they're real and they'll tell me whether or not, you know, my goal or my expectation needs some more time to cook or if I really should be going after sort of that next thing. And so that's kind of how I got to the partner level was really just having that strong network of folks both inside and outside of the firm.
0: So um, first of all, that's that's awesome. And I know for me, in my in my experience, having having folks who are in your corner who you can talk to who will give you honest feedback, right? Who are not just a mm-hmm. cheerleading section and at the same time mean a bunch of haters too, right? But people who really right. care about you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> who actually
0: will help you um and give and help make sure that you're you know you're staying on, on on track and that you're when you have ideas about the next steps that they actually make sense and that people you can trust really. Um you know as a senior leader who is also a black woman do you believe that you have had any particular hurdles and challenges to navigate when it comes to building trust and establishing rapport and really leverage building and leveraging influence?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and that's a very real uh, true thing. I mean, we have some very real stereotypes and perceptions, I think, you know, for you know, communities of color and black women in particular that um, we've, we have to deal with and sometimes break through. Um, And for me, I think I've learned to try to find the commonality, right? Um, I may look different than someone else. I may, you know, maybe come from a different background. Um, But I try to find the commonality so that I can develop the rapport and gain the trust, right, um, of others, whether it's inside of the firm, whether it's client relationships. Those are the things that um, I think bring us together the commonalities and, you know, to be sure I am, I've got a lot to work with. I am a first generation American. Um, on my mom's side, she was from Panama and my dad was born in the South and then later raised in New York. So I was constantly sort of surrounded by people of different cultures, um, and different socioeconomic backgrounds. I could have spent a summer, you know, in Brazil one year and then spent the next summer in Brooklyn. And for me, um, you know, I think my parents really I look back, I think they probably did a lot of that intentionally because I feel like when I walk into a room, no matter what it looks like, I'm comfortable Um, and I look for. What I have in common as opposed to what, you know, what might be different between me and the folks maybe at the table or in the room. Um, So that's, you know, something that I talk to um, a lot of young lawyers about now is when you're building your brand, sort of figuring things out and trying to develop a report, look for the commonalities. And like I said, I feel like I'm lucky because I have (laughs) have a lot to dabble in. Um, There's usually something I can find where um, I connect with someone. But that's that's important. You know, when you're working particularly in the legal industry, you know, we're dealing with problems. Right. People are not coming to me when they're necessarily happy (laughs) about what's going on in business. And so you've got to trust me. And we have to have a good relationship to get through it sort of together. And same thing internally, you know, we are sort of building, we have a business and a law firm that's built on helping other people with their problems so people in the firm have to trust me, um, to move things along, you know, whether it's just in the office setting with human resources or with clients. And we have to, you know, that people always default to that. I feel like when, uh, you know, things get tough, they default to just a common style of communication and a commonality. So that's, that's what I try to do.
0: So I definitely, that's just, that's great. That's great feedback to give because oftentimes I think it's easy for us when we feel, um, we when we feel other it's easy for Mm -hmm. us to like further otherize ourselves and be like okay well this of course of course you're not gonna you know trust me because i'm x y and z Yep. as opposed to kind of leaning the other way and being like okay wait well let's just let me think about some of the things that actually are common between us that i can really leverage and really play to and maybe even overplay to in the in the spirit of Mm-hmm. creating those bonds um so when I talk to professionals you talked about when you you're talking to younger lawyers and so mm-hmm. um and so I've so you talk about 16 years I've been working for about seven years and when I talk to professionals in my peer group so like kind of like not not mid-career but you know early early career still professionals um, who are also black and brown One of the things we always commiserate together is the feeling of not being heard at work, right? Like we're speaking up in meetings or to contribute or facilitating a meeting. And for some reason or another, we're not connecting with our audience. Sometimes we'll even have the words that were shared, repeated back to us as if we didn't say them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I'm curious, have you ever experienced that? And if so, you know, what advice do you have for younger leaders trying to manage that, you know, emotionally, mentally and professionally?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that's definitely something that comes up. I think in various times in my career, I've experienced that and we all have. Um, The first first advice is just breathe and try not to take that stuff in personally, right? Um, Especially if you're facilitating a meeting, uh, that's tough. When you feel like you're not really connecting with your audience, um, that's just a tough kind of situation to sort of navigate. Um, And it may be an uncomfortable meeting and it may not kind of go the way that you want to. But my, you know, the way I've dealt with it and the way I talk to young folks about that is just stay true to you and stay stay true to yourself and you're talented. Right. That's why you're facilitating the meeting or why you're raising your hand, because you have something of value to add and you know that. And so you're speaking up. And so um, just having that understanding that you are adding value to the conversation or to the room or to the group is huge. And if you stay sort of true to that and understand that, you know, it may just be that somebody is looking at you a certain way and they're not seeing you or hearing you or they're, you know, kind of overlooking what you're saying. Or it may just be that that person, you know, is not in tune or connected for the day. Um, It could be a variety of reasons. And so. Those settings too are moments and opportunities where um, we try as senior leaders right to listen to what's going on and to really validate right what someone's saying. Like if I were in a meeting and you were talking and I felt like people weren't connecting with you, I would probably jump in and say some things like, you know, and that you know another point that Zach made. And I would really try to validate what you said hmm. in order to get people to hear you because now we're building consensus sort of in the room. Right. Um, and that kind of goes back to that whole point, right, of having your mentors and your network and your allies around you yeah. because pe- people that are down for you will do that in the meeting setting um, and they will make sure that they're kind of ushering things along for you. And I, I personally... When I look back now, I know I've had people do that. I just didn't know what they were doing at the time, Mm, (laughs) you know? Um, And now I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I, that person was fully supporting me and kind of ushering my thought along because maybe somebody didn't hear it or didn't want to hear it. But then another voice came in of someone senior and it was heard. And you know, that's just kind of the setting, the corporate setting, right? Sometimes it's unfortunate that it takes that but it's helpful to have. Um, and I know a lot of women in particular are very good about doing that. You know, For a lot of other women of color, when we're in meetings, we try to sort of support and, and really validate what the other woman has said, especially if we feel like someone wasn't paying attention or the room just doesn't get it, you know? Um, so that's kind of how I look at it. And the other thing I would wanna say about that setting is it, it might've just been a bad meeting um, and you may get through it and it wasn't great, but debriefing afterwards is always huge. Like if you feel like it didn't go well or you really weren't connecting, find somebody you know that you would consider to be an ally um, if you don't already know that they are in the room and ask them afterwards. You know, um, what could I have done better? What did you think about it? Right. And see, you know, take it from there.
0: No, that's, that's, those are great points. Um, now, let's do this. Before we get out of here, any shout outs or parting words?
1: <laughs> for sure. Well, definitely a huge shout out to Angela Johnson, uh, the CEO and founder of CBE Week. This yes. is uh, an amazing uh opportunity for us to get together and not just network, but to build each other up and to improve on so many levels. So, uh, for all the work that Angela's doing, I just want to give a shout out to her. Um, but for Party Words, definitely um, we'll be talking about this, these topics at CBE Week. And I think it's a huge opportunity for us to get together and really, you know, talk about building our brands and being strategic and thoughtful about where our careers are going. So I'm really excited about the panel that I'm on. Um, we'll have a whole host of people in legal positions and diversity positions. Really trying to um, help those. It, no matter what stage you are at in your career, you know we can all use advice, right, on how to strategize and build ourselves up for the next step and make sure we have the support that we need. For me, um, this is like a true passion of mine, is trying to work with the pipeline and the next generation and making sure we all have access, you know, and opportunity. And so I'm so excited about. CBE Week and their ability to you know talk about these issues. So I want to say thank you to you for giving us this platform.
0: Yes, well thank you Monica and this is awesome and actually that's a great segue because that does it for us on this particular interview. Thank you for joining us on the Living Corporate Podcast, a special series sponsored by, you guessed it, the Coalition of Black Excellence. To learn more about CBE Week, check out their website cbeweek.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram at cbe. And make sure you follow us on Instagram at corporate, Twitter at corp underscore pod, and subscribe to our newsletter through living-corporate, please say the dash, dot com. If you have a question you'd like for us to answer, read on the show, make sure you email us at podcast at gmail.com. This has been Zach. You've been listening to Monica Williams Monroe, partner at Tucker Ellis. Peace.